Hello, there's something. Yeah? Is that there? All right. Glory to God. We're going to try it. So, just before I get into uh, what I feel the Lord wants me to share today, I wanted to just take a second and um, reinforce something, if I can, as to why are we here and why are we doing this? Okay, here we are, you know, we come, we, we worship, we bring offerings to the Lord, and we spend time praying together, and then somebody gets up here, me or somebody, and brings a message, and <clears throat> I don't know about you, but sometimes I think it's important, I think in my world, I, I like to just stop and just remember, why? Why are we doing this? What's this about? And um, often I find myself, as I'm praying and considering this privilege to stand here like I am, to talk with you. Uh, I often find the Lord helping me to understand what this is really about. And so often, you know, we think that church is, okay, what am I going to do at the church physically? How do I plug in? What do I do here? But so much of what goes on, I believe, in our worship gatherings is that God is wanting to equip us. He's wanting to encourage us personally, okay, and together, but he's wanting to equip us. He's wanting to give us tools so that when we're out in the world, say out in the world. Okay, I'm talking about where there's people who do not know Jesus. When you're out there, that you'll be positioned and able to manifest Christ to them. Okay? So this is often, this is a time, this is a place for encountering God, experiencing God on a very personal level in worship but also hearing from God very practical things many times, tools and, and areas that you've maybe been struggling with, things that will help you out there be a shining light to a lost and dying world. So what you're getting you know, may not translate to you know, something physical here on this campus per se, because I think the bulk of what the church is supposed to be about is about light to the world. Right? Light to the world. And we've got to get that deep in our spirit that God, you know, help me to be a good student when I'm in your presence. Help me to be a good student as the scriptures are being discussed. Help me because I'm convinced of this. If the preacher is doing his job and you're doing your job, there we both have jobs here, you know, together, that the world is going to see Jesus. God doesn't have a plan B. He ordained a church, the church, all throughout the world through whom he's chosen to reveal himself. So that's why we're here. That's why we're studying together. And uh, I pray today that as we do that, you know, part of this, what I feel God wants me to share today, is just got some practical stuff in it that will help you. I know it's helping me on the outside. I want us to start thinking about the outside. Can we do that together? Can we start thinking out there more together? I believe this year we're going to see a real increase in out there. And God is getting ready to push us out in a very new and a fresh and a very anointed way if we'll allow him to do that. So I want to talk to you this morning about mercy and the power of mercy, the power of mercy. You know, it is the dominant attribute 
of God. It's the thing that God has chosen. If he was, you know, you can't limit God, so we're not going to try even to do that. But if you, if you had to somehow say, God, give me one main thing you want to be known by, I'm convinced God would say, mercy. That's my conviction. And the reason I have that conviction, though he is absolutely a just God, a God of justice, his dominant attribute is that of mercy. And we know that because when Moses was wanting to know God and to see him, God says, you're not going to be able to see me, but I'm going to make all my goodness to pass before you. And when God passed before him, hiding him in the rock there, God passed before he declares this about himself. I know most of you know this, but let me just read it to you. This is Exodus 34, beginning in verse 5 and 6. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name or the nature. That's a good way of looking at the word name. The nature of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord. The Lord God, merciful and gracious long suffering and abundant in goodness and truth you see god chose as the very first thing that would come out as he revealed him his character there that day was to show himself as the lord god who is merciful and he's gracious there's power in mercy power in mercy so many verses if you ever take the time out to do a study you'll get like swept away with how much scripture is given to this topic of mercy and truth and mercy and justice these two actually do work together it's important to see the balance here but don't miss sight of what we're talking about today because i want you to see the power of mercy how it's affected you personally and how out there i'm talking about out there what's going to change the world is this manifestation of God's mercy. Let me just give you a few verses that show some of the effect of mercy. In a couple of these verses, they're, they're coupled up with the idea of truth as well. But Proverbs 16, 6, By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. By mercy and truth. You know, I think of the woman in John 8 who's caught in the act of adultery. Remember that story? <clears throat> well, the truth was, well, kind of, she was caught in adultery in the very act. What's interesting about that story is nobody seems to know where the man was who was caught in the very act. Right? But we got a woman anyway. That's a whole other sermon. <clears throat> Women get picked on a lot, I must say. Um, nonetheless... Here comes the just judgment of the law. Adultery, punishable by being stoned to death. And here it is. They're getting ready to stone her, and then they try to trick Jesus. You know the story. And they say, you know, the law says. They wanted, they wanted to find Jesus not cooperating with the law. And they said, the law says she should be stoned to death. What do you say, Jesus? And Jesus, by the anointing, rises up and says, you who are without sin, cast the first stone and then they from the oldest to the youngest were convicted about their own it's like the holy spirit just got all over them and started reminding them of all their stuff and one by one they all fled and it was just jesus and her and he says woman where are your accusers she says well they're gone i don't know they're they're not here and he says neither do i accuse you 
And then he says these powerful words. Go and sin no more. I'm convinced of this, that that woman never sinned again in that area of her life. Now, she had other issues. She wasn't sinless and perfect. But something happened because why? We just read it, Proverbs 16, 6. By mercy and truth, you see, truth brought her to the judgment. But without mercy, there was no deliverance. Real freedom, the ability to get free from things is attached to this thing called mercy. And if all we are is about judging people and looking at the unsaved world and coming up with all that's wrong in them, if that's our attitude towards the unsaved world, and we don't understand how to extend mercy, by the way, the same mercy you've received, the same mercy you've received is the mercy that we're supposed to be extending. So mercy has power to deliver, Proverbs 20, 28. Mercy and truth preserve the king. It's a good word for our president right now. Come on. Let's give him some mercy. Well, I don't know. He should have better sense than that. Hey, would you have better sense than that? Selah. Mercy and truth preserve the king. And his throne is upheld by mercy. You want to know how to uphold the throne? I'm talking about in a, a governmental setting. By mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Did you know that the mercy seat, I'm talking about um, in the Old Testament, you know, you've seen the movie, The Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, if you've not read your Bible, you've been to the movies, right? <clears throat> but the, they had the Ark of the Covenant wherein was the presence of God. And inside the Ark, was the law, the judgments and the standards and the, you know, the, 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 the standard, really, of God in that box. But on top of the law was what was called the mercy seat. Now, that's important because mercy, according to James chapter 2, mercy triumphs over. You see, mercy is the dominant thing. Mercy's the seat. It's the place if you're going to sit down somewhere, don't sit down in judgment, sit down in mercy. Mercy is the thing that's, that's going to make the difference. It's, it's above. Okay? It's not that the other one doesn't matter. It does. These two need each other. But mercy triumphs. James 2 and 13. James 2 and 13. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Triumph is an interesting word. We all want to triumph, don't we? We want to be victorious and triumph over things. But for triumph to be in our lives, let me say this. This is an important idea. In order for you and for I and for others to triumph in life, to overcome, remember, mercy is attached to triumph. Mercy triumphs. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So mercy and triumph are attached. 2 Corinthians 2 and 14 says this. 2 Corinthians 2.14, now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. Now remember, just don't lose sight of these two ideas. Mercy, I'm, I'm sorry, God always causes us to triumph, but triumph is related to mercy. So let's say it another way. If you're going to triumph, you're going to have to have some mercy. You're not going to just make it on your own. And you're not always going to hit the ball right. You're not always going to do things right, which means you're going to need some mercy. 
And you're going to have to get used to sowing mercy, giving some mercy to others. It's inseparable in my thinking, and I believe that I have the mind of Christ when I say that. Mercy and triumph go together. You know, the difference between, uh, for some, maybe you're a little confused here, between mercy and grace. What is the difference between mercy and grace? I like one way of saying this. It says it like this. It says that mercy is when I don't get what I do deserve. That's mercy. I deserved hell, and God in his mercy extended a way out. That's mercy. I don't get what I deserve. Okay? Grace, on the other hand, is when I do get what I don't deserve. Got it? Yeah. When I grace, when God gives me grace, I get something. I do get something I don't deserve. Mercy is when I don't get something I do deserve. Are you following that? Did I say it right? Did I get it right? Yeah. It's a little bit of a... You got to chew on it. Yeah. Mercy says you deserve judgment. But I'm going to give you mercy instead. I'm going to give you something you don't deserve. You get mercy and I don't deserve it. Grace, right? Grace is something God gives. Well, let me read it. Mercy is when we don't get what we deserve. We don't get what we deserve. I don't get judgment. That's what I meant to say. Did you get that? Write it down. That way you can chew on it later. Mercy is when we don't get what we deserve. Grace is what we do get that we don't deserve. So grace is what we do get. That's what we do get when, when we don't deserve it. All right. Huh. That was a good point. Good point, yeah. You know, just uh, I like to periodically just go back to the original languages. The word mercy, because that's what we're really talking about here, is mercy today. And it's really about kindness. It's about pity. You know, and you see these ideas attached often called the tender mercies of God. Not just mercy, but actually kind of take a mercy on steroids, okay? It's the tender mercies of God. Of God, And this kind of has the idea, it's of compassion, uh, by extension, the womb, like a mother's way of handling something, okay, versus the dad's way of handling something, okay? Come on, I can get some amens from two different sections here. <laughs> Tender mercies, it's, it's that womb kind of mercy, it's that... They're my kid, and I'm going to just cover that one completely kind of mercy, right? The tender mercies of God. Now, all that kind of brings us to a, a very important portion of Scripture. And if we've got that Scripture queued up for Lamentations, uh, and you can put it up there for me, I'd appreciate that. That's Lamentations chapter 3. And uh, we're going to start in verse 21, actually. <clears throat> So the, the back setting here for the book of Lamentations is, you know, the destruction of the temple. It's a lot of uh, discouragement. It's a bleak time. Okay, the book of Lamentations, it's lamenting well, the condition of the city of Jerusalem and so on. It's a very, a very bleak time. And so in the midst of all this bleakness here, the writer says, this I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. 
It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Goes on to say, the Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore will I hope in him. And then verse 25, the Lord is good unto them that wait for him. To the soul that seeks him. There's a really interesting idea here. The mercies of the Lord are new every morning. You know, in the Old Testament, God commanded the children of Israel in their wanderings through the wilderness. He was going to feed them. How often? Every day. And how was he going to do it? Through this thing called manna, which was new. Come on. Every morning. Right? New every morning. And they had a very specific commandment on what they were supposed to do with this new every morning thing called manna. They didn't even know what to call it. That's what manna means. What is it? <laughs> That's literally what it means. I mean, they went out there. They had been complaining. They were hungry. And God creates this little, this dew on the ground, which is a bread from heaven. And they looked at it and they said, what is it? Manna. That's, you know, what is it? And, they, and as they looked at it, they gathered it. And God said, here's the deal. Here's how this is going to work. Okay. I know you're desperate, and I know you have needs, and I'm coming down to meet those needs, but it will be on my terms. Boy, there's a message right there. We want God to fill all our needs on our terms. But God is saying, I'm going to meet you, but I'm going to do it on my terms. And so here it is. I'm giving you bread from heaven, and every day... I want you to get up expectant of my provision in your life every day. And then you have a responsibility. It's not going to just come and land in your mouth. You've actually got to physically get up, take some responsibility. I need you to go out there and I need you to gather your portion for the day. That's on you. And by the way, at the end of the day, if you wait too long to do this, it will melt in the heat of the day you know the manna melted right and if they gathered too much of it and brought it home it bred worms if they tried to stockpile it for a few days god said i'm not this is my terms and my terms look like this every day we're going to have a relationship you've got needs i'm the provider i'm going to be gracious and merciful to give you what you need but you've got to see that on a daily basis. Not, I'm going to get a bunch of God, go pile it over here, and I'll talk to you later, God. Now I can just do what I need. No, 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 no. This is an everyday thing. And by the way, it's an every morning thing. Why does morning matter? Because morning says, here's what's most important to you today. You know, if, if you don't show up, for the morning provision, you're going to go without and not because God has done you wrong, but because you and I weren't faithful to take what God wanted us to take every morning. Now, how's that idea map over to Lamentations? Why? Because his mercies, come on, his mercies are new every morning. So what it says to me is this, is that God every day has made a provision, his, his faithfulness and his mercies fail not there's an actual provision 
But it's on you and it's on me to get up and actually locate these mercies every day. Got to locate them. Where are they? Then I, then I got I to gotta pick them up. And then I got to ingest them. I got to make them mine every day. If you're taking notes, Exodus 16, 21 is the reference to the manna being gathered and melted if you don't, don't get it in time. Mercy, it's a provision. Every morning, mercy is a provision. We're talking about mercy and its power in our lives. And we're in the, in the large setting, we're saying that when you get out there in the world and you're, you've got a bunch of people who don't know Christ and they're, they're drowning often in their stuff and in their challenges and they're looking at you who should have gotten up in the morning and even though you've got all your own challenges, you've got a ton of problems maybe spinning around your life at the moment and stressors and things making you, you know, have a potentially a bad day, but you have something different. Praise God. You were at church on Sunday and you got a message about mercies being new every morning. And you've learned to get up, haven't you? Or you are, and I am. You've learned to get up. And instead of giving over to the complaining, mumbling, murmuring, all the stuff that's wrong, oh, I'm talking to somebody. You know what I'm saying? Instead of doing that, what you've chosen to do as you wake up first thing in the morning, great is your faithfulness. Your mercies are new every morning. And on your terms, I'm going to actually start looking for that stuff. So let me get off my duff. That's an okay word. It's a good word. My wife's judging it right now, but she'll, we'll talk about it later. Duff's an okay word. Get off your duff. Come on. You know, there is a responsibility we have. And we've got to say, okay, you know what? I'm choosing today. Instead of feeding on all of the woes, I'm going to feed on the tender mercies of God that are new every morning. And I'm going to get off of my spiritual duff and I'm going to go looking for the stuff. And you know, you don't have to look that far to find these mercies. Like manna, it was there. You just got to get out of your bed and get moving and start looking a little bit. And you can find it. And once you find it, it is food for you. God, thank you today. Thank you today that my heart is still beating. Thank you today that my car started today, Lord. Thank you today. Thank you. I'm telling you, if you're having a problem, the Holy Spirit will help you identify all these mercies. Now, it's interesting because the primary text, if we can get that back up here for me, I'd appreciate it. Um, that thought of his mercies, uh, let me just read these, these verse 22, 23 again. It's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions, they fail not. They are new every morning and great is your faithfulness. And then the last verse, verse 25, it says this, The Lord is good unto them that wait for him to the soul that seeks him. You see, these two ideas about mercies every morning and a people that have learned how to wait for him and to seek him, the, this, if you want the benefit, you know, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. 
You know, it's one thing to know they're out there, but it's another thing to actually enjoy the benefit, right? And to enjoy the benefit, we've got to start putting our hand on this stuff and saying, you know what, that's mine, devil, I'm not going to let you take it from me. So the connection, if you're still with me, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul that seeks him. Waiting, this word in the Hebrew language, it means binding together to wait by twisting. And check this out, to collect to collect, to expect. That's what wait means. And it means to gather. So what is manna? What are we supposed to do with manna? Come on. We're supposed to gather it. We're supposed to collect it, right? We're supposed to go out and get it. That's what this word wait means. The Lord is good to those who collect it. The Lord is good to those who gather it. The Lord is good to those who allow him and are expectant every day day it is possible you could wake up one morning and say i don't see any mercy here well i have a little word of advice to you get up and move into the day because you'll find it along the way you will find it in your moving to wait and the other thing is this to the soul that seeks him i love these words to seek means this to tread frequently it means like to beat a path. There should, there should be a well-worn path in your life where you and I get up each day looking for the mercies of God. God, I just, you know, I've decided this is going to be part of my routine. I am looking for your mercy today. I am not looking for the problems. I'm looking for the solutions today. And I thank you, God, for being so present in every moment that I'm out there looking for you. So the Lord is good to this kind of a people, those who wait and those who seek. Manna was a small thing, teeny, like frost, according to the scripture. How does that relate to mercies, if we're going to look for them every day? Well, they might be a little teeny thing. You know, we're thinking, I've got to have some major mercy. Well, you know, major mercy may be the culmination of several small mercies. You can actually be sustained and, and empowered by a lot of small things, but we despise small things. We often look past. And remember, come on, I'm just trying to give you some tools for out there. Because when you're going to go out there, you're either going to take this message and go, oh, that was kind of, oh, yeah, that, well, all right, whatever. And you're going to go back out into your stuff, and you're going to go, oh, my gosh, my world's falling apart. What did Pastor Rob say? Come on, his mercies are new every morning. Get off your duff that you can quote me on that. Write it in your Bible if you want. And you got to get out there and look for them. And what do they look like? They might be teeny little things like manna was small. But don't despise small stuff. Learn to gather it. Learn to collect it. Learn to ingest it in your life. There's a difference, you know, i got to share a story. I, I'm embarrassed to share it, but i got to do it because I just felt the Holy Spirit remind me. I was at a, I don't even remember the season now. I just remember I was kind of stressed out. That's what I remember. And I was a little, you know when you get stressed, sometimes you get a little short-fused. Anybody with me? 
just a little, little, a little reactive and you don't kind of hold, you know, your peace as well and whatever. I was in one of those moods. I came home after a really long day. I was cooked. And uh, I went to the refrigerator and I had been thinking about a certain thing I wanted to eat. Okay. I got home. No, just let me tell my own story. Okay. I had been thinking about a certain thing I wanted to eat. And I opened the refrigerator and the refrigerator was just jammed full of all kinds of stuff. And, and I couldn't find it. And I'm having to pull out Tupperware and bags. And I'm just looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. And my attitude was like this stench. Started going up before the Lord, you know. And all of a sudden, I felt the Lord speak to me. <clears throat> Can I help you? Can I help you? Uh, I could empty this fridge out if you'd like. You, are, you, are you frustrated because there's too much stuff to sort through? Oh, man, I was so busted. I was so, you know, here in our, in our Western culture where we think we have it so tough, and I understand I'm not minimizing our struggles at times, but God just brought me back to some of the countries I visited, and I was like, oh, Jesus. Wow. I'll eat the first thing that the door opens to, you know. I mean, just the subtleties of our complaining. The little things that frustrate us that really we've missed something altogether. And so God's saying, you know, these mercies, they, they may show up as little teeny things. I'm giving you something today. Please hear me. Something that can help you and help me. The little things. God, thank you for them. I want to collect them. I want to be a good steward of them because you're good to those who wait, which means to gather, and you're good to those who seek. You're good to those who go looking for these kind of mercies to give thanks for every morning and every day. So once you find mercy, certainly we should ingest it, but we should also give it. We should give mercy. James 2 and 13, we quoted some of it already. <clears throat> but let me quote the whole thing to you, James 2 and 13. For he shall have judgment without mercy that has shown no mercy. And mercy rejoices against judgment. So if you don't show mercy, then you're going to be judged one day without mercy. Now, that's a motivator. You know, I mean, that's a motivator. It's okay to be motivated when you have to be reminded of that. You know, if you don't extend mercy in the day of your judgment, God will withhold the same mercy you withheld. So be liberal. It's the one chance this church has an opportunity to be liberal. And I'm giving it to you right now. That was a joke. If you're a liberal, don't get offended. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Yeah, you can, you can sow. Hosea 10 and 12. Let me just read to you here for time's sake. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Reap mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. Till he come and rain righteousness upon you. You know, if we sow righteousness, that means doing the right stuff. We will reap mercy. And God says, it's time to break up the fallow ground. It's time for righteousness to spring forth. 
in the earth. So this idea of, you know, we've got to love mercy. We've got to love it. We've got to look for it. We've got to see it as God's provision. God, I need some mercy today. And I want to be able to give some mercy today. Mercy is not a casual commodity. It's one of heaven's. It's the dominant attribute of God. And we need more and more of this attribute functioning in our life. The book of Jonah is an interesting book. And I, you know, I'm trying not to be long-winded here, but um, praise God. Jonah is an interesting book. Jonah is called upon a prophet from the Lord to go show mercy to a generation and a group of people that do not deserve it. These are rank heathens. They are out there in darkness. And God has called him to go as a prophet and warn them, but in the warning, ultimately to extend mercy to them. And Jonah kind of misses this here until he gets, you know, he's running from the plan of God. He's running from the call. He ends up in the boat. And you know the story. They end up throwing him overboard. The fish swallows him up. And while he's there, he has a revelation about who God is. Let me read to you. This is from within the fish, okay? Jonah 2 and verse 7. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto him, into your holy temple. And then check this verse out. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. So this is an interesting word, those who observe. It means to protect. Those who protect lying vanities forsake their own mercy. goes on to say, but I will sacrifice unto you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that which I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish and he vomited out Jonah upon dry land. You see, when Jonah finally got the revelation, his situation changed. And so many times we're in our situations, God's waiting for us to get a revelation. And sometimes that you've got to hang out in that digestive juice a while. Talking about in the fish's belly when, oh, come on. Where your hair's falling out and your skin color's changing and and, and you're being eaten on, and, and you're holding out to have your way. And finally you say, I remembered the Lord. And I got this revelation that those who observe or protect lying vanities, they end up forsaking their own mercies. Those who protect this wrong way of thinking end up forsaking their own mercies. Why is it we protect lies? Excuses we've made for why we can't answer the call. You know, that's what was going on with Jonah. Jonah was called. Jonah was running from the call. And in his running from the call, ultimately, God's heart was to show mercy to a city that he was about to judge because of their sin. But he didn't want to judge them. That's why he was sending Jonah. He wanted Jonah to warn them. He wanted them to repent. And if they would, which they did, and God showed mercy. That's what, always what was in God's heart. Never to judge, but to bless, to heal, to deliver. And here's Jonah running from the call of God. Lying vanities. Let me just put it real personal. 
What is it that gets inside of you and me that makes us run from showing mercy? Run from the call of God. Run from the things God's wanting to do through our lives to help other people. What is it that we're observing? Because listen, check this out. As we run from that calling, we're forsaking our own mercy. Now we think we're running somewhere that's going to make our lives better, don't we? That's what Jonah thought. Jonah thought, I'm getting on a boat and I'm getting out of town. Getting on a boat, getting out of town. You fill in your, your little story. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. amen. Fill in your own story. I, I, you know, God, I, 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 I know you've been kind of nudging at me and touching me and wanting me to do certain things, and I felt this kind of calling to, to reach out to some people that are, you know, but, but I'm, I'm, doing, I'm, I'm going to go do my thing, your thing. That's what Jonah was doing, his thing. And what he says here, in the belly, and maybe you're in the belly, maybe you're not, maybe you're close. I don't know. But what he finds out ultimately is those who reject and observe lying vanities, thinking that somehow we're going to be happy outside of the will of God is a lying vanity. And those who observe that end up forsaking their own mercies. Their own mercies. As if this God was saying, if you would let me use you the way I want to use you, you would step into such a blessed season of your life. You would step into such an amazing provision because the very mercy you extend is the very mercy you would receive. His mercies are new every morning. So Jesus speaking, I don't have too much more here, so just hang with me. Matthew 9 and verse 10, beginning there. It came to pass as Jesus sat at meat in the house. Behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eat your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go you and learn what this means. Go learn what this means. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I love this verse. I love the idea that Jesus says, go learn what this means. There's something you're missing here. Go learn what this means, because I have come to call those who need help back to God. And that should be your posture too. That's really what he's saying to them. Go help. And he says, I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Notice how he's calling them. How is he calling sinners to repentance? Through judgment? No. Through mercy. Go learn what this means. I will have mercy. I will have mercy. I will have mercy. So here's Jesus rubbing shoulders with people that don't, you know, bolster his religious image. They don't make him look 
you know, he could be and was brought into question, really, for who he was hanging out with. But the reason he was hanging out was because he was manifesting the merciful heart of God. And through it, that's how he was calling them to repentance through mercy. Micah 6, 8. He has showed you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. One last portion of Scripture that we should include here today. It's a very famous, often quoted portion of Scripture. Psalms 23, the great Lord is my shepherd. Psalm, and most of us know where I'm going here. Psalms 23, verse 5 and 6 says this, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Wow, I'm blessed. And then he says this, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Check out the meaning of the word follow me. The word, the meaning of the word follow me. It means to run after. So goodness and mercy are running after us. Usually, here's what it says in the Strong's Concordance, usually with a hostile intent. That means goodness and mercy are out to get you. I mean, they are, they are wanting to tackle you and take you down and get all over you and that's what good, I mean, they're, they are chasing you hard. They are set on bringing you into a place of blessedness. To run after, usually with a hostile intent, one of the words in Strong says, to hunt. To hunt. You know somebody's hunting you? You've got someone stalking you. Yep. Goodness and mercy. Everywhere you go, they're peeking in your windows at night. They've hacked your computer. Goodness and mercy, they are so skillful. They are just, they are, you know, and pe don't worry, people might think you're a little bizarre when you say, someone's out to get me. I just got this sense that someone's out to get me. Someone's hunting me. Someone is... goodness, and mercy. So, if goodness and mercy are following us, they're hunting us, they're coming after us, and our job is to get up every morning and find them. Here's an idea. You know, it's, let's, let's say it like this. It's not as hard as you think. We often make it so hard. I got I to gotta strain to get to find goodness. They're chasing you. I mean, if you just get outside your, your, your spiritual cocoon a little bit and out of your, your, your complaining, I'm talking to me as much as I'm talking to you, so just smile. It's okay. Get outside of ourselves some and say, okay, you know what, God? <laughs> every morning, great is your faithfulness. Your mercies are new every morning, and they're chasing me. Goodness gracious, all you got to do is step outside and then 
for some, there's twofold here, and this is it. Twofold. Some of you who've been running like Jonah, all you need to do is stop running. And goodness and mercy are going to come all over you. And you're going to find the beauty and the will and the blessing of God on your life. Others have gotten so discouraged in life, they've just kind of given up and quit, right? For you, the idea that goodness and mercy is a promise here, they shall follow me. It, 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 it brings up the idea that as I'm moving, you know, you've quit. You don't want to move anymore. You've given up on some stuff. And God is saying, listen, here's a promise. For you, in that case, if you'll start moving again, you have a promise from God that goodness and mercy are nipping at your heels. They're going to be there, but it's connected to your movement. For some, you need to move, and for some, you need to stop. Did you catch that? Those who need to stop are those who are running from the call. You've got to stop, and mercy and goodness are going to overtake you. Those who need to move are those who've quit. You've checked out. You've said, God, my life won't matter anymore. I can't be this anymore. God said, you know what? Get up. Be encouraged today because there's a promise right here for you that my goodness and my mercy are going to chase after you hard all the days of your life. Not a few of them. Not just when you're young and in your youth and you got your health and you got your benefits. No. All the days of your life, I will follow you, the Lord says. That's the promise of God. So we're going to pray together. Why don't you jump up on your feet? Amen. Father, I want to thank you that you're interested in us personally and you're interested in our witness to a lost world. And Lord, I just want to take some personal responsibility here for my own self and for anybody in this congregation who wants to join my faith here this morning. But I want to just say, forgive us, Lord. Forgive me and forgive us as a congregation for murmuring and complaining and finding we have found all the problems instead of finding the mercies that are new every morning. And God, we just repent from that and we ask you to wash us and, and cleanse us from fault finding and problem finding and blowing up all the issues that are around us. And, and we're quick to gravitate and grab those things, but we've not collected your mercies. We've not gathered your mercies, Lord, as a provision from heaven. And God, I just ask you to forgive us and that you would revive us today. Let us start afresh today. Lord, even today, you said your mercies were new. So we receive mercy right now. Mercy uh, that says, you know what? You're forgiven. I love you. We're going to start afresh right now. Shake off all the shame and all the, all the mistakes and all the junk. Come on. And we receive, Father, today of your goodness and your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. God, how good you are. We hope in your mercies. We rest in your mercies today. And God, I thank you that those mercies are overtaking us. We don't want to forsake our mercies, but we want to find them by giving them to others as well. Lord, anybody that we're holding in unforgiveness, Anybody that's rubbed us the wrong way, those who've offended us, God, we choose today to extend the same mercy to them that you've extended to us. And we do all of this in the powerful, beautiful name of Jesus, we ask, amen and amen. Praise God. God bless you. Wait a minute.
you may. We got one. Where's that microphone? Did it land somewhere? Uh, did it go to the back? Oh, here it is. Thank you. Hold on one sec. Um, first of all, thank you, man. That was good. I, that was me. I needed that. None of y'all wants it. I'm taking it. <laughs> that was good. Um, I just have a small request. You know, maybe there may be some of you guys in here that didn't vote for the president we have now, and that's okay. If you call yourself a Christian, it's still your duty to pray for him. And I recently read online that sometime today or tonight, there's a bunch of witches out there that's going to do witchcraft and pronounce curses over our president and, and our presidency, our government. Um, so, I, you know, I would just, I'd like to pray for him. Praise God. And, and hopefully you guys would join Amen. us. Let's, let's, right let's now. pray. Papa, we humble ourselves before you, and we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to come before you on the on behalf of our president and our government, Lord. And we just, we just, Lord, as you know, there's as there's evil out there coming against the ones that you've appointed to oversee the governmental authorities in our, in you know in this nation, Lord. I just, I, I proclaim and declare that none of it shall come to fruition. Thank you, that Father. each and every curse, each and every negative word that's proclaimed over our presidency, over the government, over the people that we've elected to run this nation, none of it shall come to fruition. And, Lord, I just pray mercy over those who are doing it. I pray, Lord, that as they start to speak curses and, and do their awful, evil things against good, that they will fall under, under conviction yes, and come to know you as yes, Savior. thank you. I just, I just proclaim that it shall be turned around. And yes. those things that are that are out for evil shall become good. Yes. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in this nation. I thank you for each and every one here. I thank you for our pastor, Lord. And I pray blessings over each and every one of them. And I pray that you continue to hold your hand, righteous hand, on our presidency. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Praise God. Well, God bless you. Oh. Offering, what a hope. Yeah, Letitia. Here, wait a minute. Hold on one second. So sorry. There seems to be confusion. Did I was I not clear on the offering to help Letitia and the family? That was supposed to come in when you gave. If you think if you were thinking we were doing that later, then please come.